keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where people from all over the world share stories and details about their sex lives that they often never share literally anywhere else. Our guest today is a 30-year-old single bi dude who was raised in an African Christian home and is still looking forward to his partnered sexual debut. He's not so kinky yet, but loves masturbating to Japanese hentai and using his imagination. A warehouse worker originally from Lagos, Nigeria, currently living in Germany. Welcome, Charlie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Can you start out by telling our listeners, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer with 10 being the most full of shame and one being the least, where do you fall today? Between two and three, because I'm mostly out about my bisexuality with my friends, but not with my mom. Okay. She's the only one who doesn't know. My sister knows, but my brothers don't know too. But I have a suspicion that she knows, but she wants me to tell her about it. Oh, really? Are you going to? I want to, but I don't know how she will act about it. I don't know how she will feel. Okay. Do you feel comfortable saying why you have that suspicion? During a party at one time, one of her friends came up to me and asked me, don't you have a girlfriend? I said, no. And he asked, what about a boyfriend? And I looked at him, I looked at my mom, and my mom looked like she knew what was going on. And I'm like, no, no boyfriend. And he told me, it's okay, it's no no problem having a boyfriend, this is Germany. It's okay to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. (laughs) So from that day, I felt like my mom was suspicious about it because after he asked the question if I had a boyfriend, I went silent. So my mom was suspicious about it, like, maybe, maybe not. Okay. What would it take for you to feel comfy telling her? Do you think it'll just be a moment someday? Or maybe maybe it'll take a boyfriend? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you give our listeners a little overview of what your sex life is like right now? Well, most of my sex life is basically masturbation and actually just enjoying myself. Because most of my childhood have been about pleasing other people. Because when I was a kid, I had a strong feeling to make people happy, just do things for other people. And then later in life, I felt like, what about me? Am I happy? So now I'm in this mind space where I'm like, when I'm doing anything, if I'm happy about it, then I'll keep doing it. If I'm not happy about it, I'll just express my feelings about it and make them know I'm not happy about the situation. And I need to either change or walk around to make everybody happy, not just someone else. Yes, I love that. I hear mutual desire-driven life and communication about your own needs and feelings. That's hot. Can you tell us what sexy means to you? It's a lot of things that mean sexy to me. Since I'm bi, I would say for women, it would basically be tie-high stockings or socks, short skirts, cleavage is a big one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like clothes where you can actually see like the shape of the ass. That's really sexy for me. For guys, I mostly like feminine guys. So if I see like a feminine guy who almost looks like a girl, I'm like, oh, that's hot. And when they also have a nice butt, (laughs) it's also something for me. Fuck yeah. I also like when the guy is like almost hairless. It's also a turn on for me. Mm -hmm. I don't really like beards on another guy. But it's like 
situation thing when I meet someone. I am meeting someone tomorrow. Are you meeting someone like for a date or a possible sexual encounter? A possible sexual encounter. <gasps> so how do you feel about the potential safer sex conversation ahead of you? How would you like to imagine it might go? What's the smoothest version? Well, actually, I've met him before. Okay. And we made out at the time. We just didn't have sex at that time. But I actually sent him a text on WhatsApp and I told him, I'm going to come over and I'm going to give you a blowjob. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and I said, I'll be over. Tell me when you want me and I'll be there. And he sent me a text and I said, okay, we'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's so exciting. What an exciting moment. Normally, I don't usually do that. I was just at home and I was thinking about the dates we had. We talked a lot. And we were like both on the same mindset. And I felt like I need to see him again, but I need to find like an ulterior motive to see him. So I said, why don't I just tell him what I want and see what he would say. And I just said, hey, I want to come over and just like your dick. Amazing. So with that ability to be so straightforward, I would imagine that it would be fairly easy in my perfect projection for you to have safer sex conversations. Do you feel like that's the case for you? That's easy for me too. Because the guy I'm meeting is not the first guy who I actually plan a date with. The last guy I asked if we're going to be using protection and he told me, bye. Oh, wow. So I was like, mm, okay, I've dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally dodged an unsafe circumstance. That's great. Okay. I just felt like some guys think that it's, since it's a guy on guy thing, there's not going to be any problems. But there are other problems that could occur. And prevention is better than looking for a cure. Absolutely. It's sometimes it's okay to dive into the moment, but sometimes you have to keep a straight head and think about what's going to happen in the next months or so. Yes, absolutely. And for me, that has to happen before sex, because once someone starts touching me, I get real dumb and I'm just like, yeah, everything, blah, 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 you know. So now, can you take us back to your early years and tell us, when do you first remember hearing about sex and what do you remember thinking and feeling about it? Growing up in Lagos, Nigeria, it's a very strange area where I grew up. Sex was basically not like it was a taboo or anything. It's just like no one talked about it. As we were growing up, around six or seven years old, one of my friends came over while we were playing and told us, Hey, hey, man, I saw my mom and dad. They were doing something together in the room. I'm like, what did they do it? And he started showing us, like acting it out for us. And I was like, that looks strange. What's that? Like, I don't know. So it was like, we don't know. And then later, as we were playing around later, we found out, oh, that's sex. Oh, yes, that's it. That's it. And then one of the older boys told us, yeah, that's sex. I've done it before. I'm like, it was a guy that is always lying. So we just ignored him. Okay. So it sounds like there was a lot of like curiosity and excitement and that you like figured out in this really heightened way. Did you ever get any messages from adults in your life, like either at home with your family or at school with sex ed? Sex ed didn't happen to me until high school. The only sex ed I got was from my mom. At that time, we were only three boys before my sister was born. And she just plainly told us, don't get any girl pregnant. <laughs> That's what she told us. Were there any religious messages in the house? You said you grew up Christian. It's just the basic Christian rules. Don't lie, don't steal, don't do anything in the Ten Commandments, that's all. <laughs> but basically, my mom was heavily religious. 
she sometimes wakes us up around five o'clock in the morning to go to a church that we've never been to before. We don't know anybody there. Sometimes we're just sitting there, sleepy, looking around, thinking it's all a dream. And then finally waking up to see we're in a strange place with people clapping and singing and dancing. And my brothers and I, we never really enjoyed church that much. We just saw it as a place to just go and meet our friends or people of our own age, just talk and relax. There were other people in my age who were actually religious, but the most of us were just like, church is a place to meet up. So it sounds like there were not any explicitly negative messages around sex at church for you. No. That's cool. They never really actually just broached the topic of sex at all. Oh, really? Never talked about it. No one in our area actually talked about it. The only time we actually heard about it was only at school. The first time I heard it was in high school during a biology lesson, and everyone was snickering and laughing. And our teacher was really pissed off about it. She said, stop laughing. This is important information that you need. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so you're in high school. I imagine that you had already figured out some of the important information that you needed about your own body, about like what feels good. We already knew most of the things, but she had to tell us because she believes some people do not know or are ignorant of the situation and things that we need to know. So she had to elaborate everything. And it wasn't like she separated the boys and the girls. No, we were all in the same class. And she told everybody what you have to know about the boys' side and then the girls' side. And people were just laughing and snickering. So can you tell us about your own personal hands-on experience of exploring yourself? Like there's this gap between this high school lesson and you as a kid with your friend being like, hey, I saw my parents. What happened in between? When did you discover yourself? And when did you start to really understand what sex was? That was around 12, 13 years old me. We had a DVD with a lot of old music videos on them. There was like a mix of different music videos. And one of the music videos was the song Fiesta from R. Kelly and Jay-Z. And in the music video, it was the uncensored version, with women dancing on the beach, topless. And when I saw that, I first paused the video and looked around to see if anyone is in the room or if someone is coming in. And then I closed the door and I wanted to see what's going on. I was just watching. And then suddenly I felt myself getting hard. And I looked at like, what is this? I didn't understand at the first time because I've heard that when you want to have sex, it will get hard. But I didn't think it will just get hard for no reason at all. At, at the time, I didn't believe that. Yes, sometimes I wake up in the morning at that age and I have an erection morning wood. And I just ignore it. I'm like, oh, what's this? It should go down in a second or so and just ignore it. But at this time, I didn't know it would just stand up right there for no good reason. So I <laughs> decided I'm going to touch it. And I just touched it and I saw pre-com was leaking from the tip. And I'm like, what's this substance? I looked at it, I was saying it in my hands, I was sticky, okay. And then the next day I decided to watch the video again. I tried jerking myself off and I was about to come and then I stopped myself because I felt like I was about to pee. So I went into the bathroom and got a bucket in case it's an accidental peeing incident. I am prepared. <laughs> so 
So I put on the music video again, skipped it over to the area where the girls were dancing and just started jerking off and jerking off. And then my first orgasm came and I just brought up the bucket and came into the bucket. And then when I was done, I was like, oh, there's no pee, but there's something else in the bucket. So I looked at it and I'm like, ah, that's the semen thing. Yeah, okay. What a great exploration. So I'm guessing that you then touched yourself a lot more after that once you'd had that discovery. Yeah, that opened the floodgates of continuous masturbation. Can you tell us just real quick the details of how you like to touch yourself and if your masturbation has evolved over the years since that first experience? It's evolved to the use of toys. Mm. At that time, it was basically just imagination. You see, in Nigeria at the time, you could buy a DVD with a mixture of different movies, and there was no piracy law for movies from Hollywood and all that. But if it's a Nigerian movie, they are really strict about pirating Nigerian movies. But if it's movies from abroad, they're like, do whatever you want. And people sell them like hotcakes in Nigeria. And at one time, I was with a friend, and we bought a porno together. (laughs) (laughs) It was a mix of five different porno films. And I took it home, and I washed them. And that was what I used when we actually had electricity to actually masturbate. When I didn't have electricity, I would just use my imagination. Okay. So you had to have electricity, and I'm guessing also privacy. Did you have privacy? Like your own private space? No, I didn't have like a private space, but basically my brothers were almost never at home. So I was the only one who was always sticking around and found myself some private spaces. (laughs) Okay, okay. Great. So mostly hands back then, toys now. We'll get to the toys and the details later. In those early formative years, so you were in Lagos at least through high school, it sounds like? Yeah. Okay. So were there any explorations there with other people or did you ever talk about sex with friends? Or I mean, you bought a porno with your friends. So did you guys jerk off together? Like, do you have any stories like that about those formative years? Well, we talk about almost everything from politics to sports to the situation of the country sometimes. And then sometimes we jump into talking about girls, but we we'll always try to be like, know that we're alone in the situation before we start talking about that because we didn't want a certain person who is the brother of us, one of our friends, to overhear when we talk about girls because he talks to the mom. And then the mom asks us, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And it's very annoying sometimes whenever that kid comes around. But for me at the time, my friends, when we talk about sex, we talk about it basically mostly one-on-one, mm. never in groups. Because whenever we're in a group, that friend of ours, his brother comes around. So it's basically just a one-on-one discussion with each other. Cool. And then did you ever have any explorations as a young person that were sexual in nature or makeouts or touches or things like that? Yeah. The summer before I left Nigeria, there was a neighbor I was at home. I just finished taking a shower. She came over and I, I was just dressing up. I was about to put on my shirt and she just bust into my room. And I was like, hello, what are you doing here? And she was like, I just came to see you. And I'm like, okay. So I was just putting on my shirt and she's just lying on my bed. And I'm like, hey, it's time to go. <laughs> and she's like, let's stay here for a minute. <laughs> And I started making jokes like, haha, like if you're not careful or something might happen, she's like, yeah, let it happen. So I was like, 
this is highly suspicious. <laughs> so she had a skirt on, and I started touching her ass and playing with her skirt. And she did nothing. So I pulled up the skirt, and she said nothing. So at the moment, I was feeling nervous and afraid. So I said, let's stop here, and we'll talk about this later. So she said, okay. And then she left. So at that time, I was like nervous and thinking, what's going on here? What's happening? I don't understand. And then the next day, I was in the living room, and she came over. And she sat on the couch right in front of me. And she's like, can we continue from yesterday? I looked around. No one was at home. I'm like, okay, how do you want to do it? At this time, I knew of condoms, but I was so in the moment, I forgot about them. And we were about to have sex. My mind was just blank on condoms and protection. Nothing. It was just moving in my head. And we had a couch right in front of our window. So she said she's going to look throughout the window and I'll come in from behind so we can see if any of my family members is coming around. Very smart. Okay. So as I was about to insert into her, my little brother came hopping around the corner. <laughs> so we separated each other and it looked like we were having a discussion. So my brother came in and was like, hey, bro, mom wants you to come pick some things up. I'm like, okay. So I left, picked the thing up, came back. My brother was gone. And I said, okay, the coast is clear. Let's continue. Round two, I was trying to go in again. And my brother came hopping in again. <laughs> I was feeling pissed at this moment. I'm like, what's going on now? And he came in. I'm like, mom is calling you again. So she wants to do something for her. I went downstairs, went to meet my mom. My mom had a shop right in front of our building where we live. So I went down there, went to the shop, did some things, came back. And at that moment, she was not interested anymore. Ah. So she said she's going to leave. But there were other times when we met, we were just touching each other, not having sex, but we just touched each other, moving me sometimes. And then there was another girl in the same summer. We had a well at the back of our house. Almost everyone in the street had a well. And sometimes in the summertime, some people's wells get dry. So they go to other neighbors to get water. So I was there at the well. And then one of our neighbors came because their well was dry. And she was this fine girl with big tits. And when I was in my mom's shop, I always look out. I just keep looking at her like, oh, God damn, this girl is fine. I would try to look at her and make sure she don't notice I'm staring at her. And then she came over to get some water. I'm like, oh, how's it going? You had to get some water? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Then when I started talking, one thing led to another. I don't know what I actually said to her. I can't remember what I said to her. But something led to another. And next thing I knew, I'm behind her playing with her breast. Just fondling her. <laughs> and she let me do it. And she was just rubbing her ass on my dick as I was getting erect. And then... We were so into it, we didn't notice our surroundings anymore. And then suddenly, another neighbor was standing right behind us, just watching us fondle each other right in the open. And next thing we heard is, <clears throat> and then we turned around <laughs> with shock and just separated us. And she just picked up her bucket of water and just ran off. <laughs> oh, man. And I looked at my neighbor like, you had to say something, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> 
at that time i felt like i was being cocked by everybody i know yeah it's like the universe gave you a summer of almost it's like a big tease session yeah and you feel like it was a happy summer at that moment i felt like it was a summer of tease and summer of cocked so at what point did you start to realize that you also were attracted to dudes? It sounds like when you were living in Nigeria, you were mostly focused on boob holders. <laughs> when did you start to kind of realize that your attractions were greater? That time in Nigeria, there were some times where I feel that from some neighborhood boys. But I just ignored it like, oh, he's just my friend. I love him like a friend. That's all. And then there was a time where I visited one of the guys. He was asking me, hey, have you ever come before? I'm like, yeah, I've done it before. Don't you masturbate? He's like, no, I don't masturbate. He's like, well, asking me, like, how do you do it? I'm like, here, yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> I just pulled down my pants, brought up my dick, and started jerking in front of him. I said, this is how you do it. And he came over and grabbed my dick and was jerking it for me. And I was like, yeah, that's how you do it. And he's like, so how do you come? Like, you have to keep jerking it. You have to keep jerking it. So I was getting hard. And then I suddenly started like, wait, what are we doing? And he's like, I'm jerking you off. I'm like, okay, keep doing it. Oh, really? Okay. And then we heard his door open and his parents were coming in. I'm like, okay, stop, stop, stop. So I put my pants up and like, okay, we'll do this next time. And did you? <laughs> we do it again. Oh, okay. It didn't happen again. How was that for you emotionally? Like, how was the experience after it was over? Was there any judgment or was it just like, huh, that happened? And it wasn't any sign of judgment. Actually, I met the guy later. He said it was fun. It was unusual. But he didn't feel shame about it. And I didn't actually feel shame about it at the same time, too. I just felt like it was like a situational thing that happened. And it was a normal experience. And if you like it, then you like it. If you don't like it, then I'll say, okay, you don't like it, but it was okay for me. Amazing. Was there a specific moment that you started to feel like, oh, yes, I identify as bisexual? or Because it sounds like you just have a very open mind. Were there any formative thoughts or decisions around that for you in your own sexuality? At that time, I was still very young, and my mind was just about having fun at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that time, I wasn't really a deep thinker. I was basically just a jump in and do anything kind of guy. When if anything comes in, I'm like, oh, that's happening. Let's do it. That was how I was when I was young. I didn't actually plan things as I was young. I just let things go with the flow and I just follow it. Beautiful. What was it like when you moved to Germany? It sounds like you did it after high school or kind of around your... After high school. Okay. How was that for you, like moving to a completely different culture, sexually specifically? The first years... It was basically just learning the language, learning the area where we live. There wasn't a lot of situation to meet other girls, except from when we go to the church here or we meet at a party. And I didn't really have interest in them at that time. So coming to a new place and just trying to learn the area at that moment. I didn't actually try to hunt for sex or a relationship at the moment. I was just trying to learn the language, learn the area, learn the country, and just move along with my life. What I know about Germany is that it's a great producer of sex toys and, like, sex in general. Like, did people talk about it more? Did you find any good sex toys? And, like, what was that exploration like? Like, as you're assimilating, I'm assuming you continue to touch yourself. Tell us some details about what you were enjoying in that transition period. At that time, when I first came in, I started fully jumping into the anime community. I started watching a lot of anime at the time. I first started with Naruto, and then 
I started moving on into the anime world. And then I suddenly discovered hentai. At the time, I thought it was just normal anime because there are some raunchy anime where they show bare tits but no vagina. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's just something like that. But then I saw some time where it's just completely uncensored and I saw it. I'm like, whoa, this is porn. And I didn't know at the time. So I just felt like I shouldn't be watching this. Mm. And I went back and I watched it. The first hentai I watched was called Bible Black. You should watch it too. It's basically a high school story about a guy. He found a magical grimoire and he learned some magic from it. So at that time, anime and hentai was basically just a big hobby for me. I just like enjoying it. And then I suddenly started feeling like, can I jack off to hentai? <laughs> and then I started watching them, like just skip over to the sex scenes and just like see them and like, oh yeah, I can, I can. Cool. At the time when I came to Germany, when I masturbated, I actually just used imagination at the first time. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw hentai, I'm like, let me try using this instead of using my imagination. So it's been a very long time since I use my imagination now because I have my phone now and I can watch hentai on it. I can watch different type of porn if I want. I just jack off and enjoy myself. Are there specific types of porn that you like? Like I know hentai, but like, are there different genres? Yeah, will you tell us some of those details? I basically watch amateur porn now because I feel like it's more realistic. It feels like you're actually watching real people. Yeah. And you can learn from and see how they behave. That's just the type of one I usually go from nowadays. I'm not sure. Fuck yeah. And then when you're doing a porn session, like, do you have any specifics that you like to share about like how you set up your session for yourself? Basically, I masturbate almost every night before I sleep because I sleep better that way. The preparation is basically before I sleep, just look through my computer for something that I want. It's basically already on my phone. I just look around and if I see something that just strikes my fancy, I'm like, okay, we're using this. I have an app on my phone that has a manga reader and there's also hentai anime. There's also hentai manga, which is the H manga. And I use that when I'm about to sleep to masturbate. Do you mix up your masturbations to include toys? And can you tell us what toys you have now? I mix up with toys. I have a butt plug. I use it when I used to live with my mom. And the first time I used it, it was a scary moment. So I was using it. And luckily for me, my mom was not at home. Okay. I had the butt plug in, was jerking out. And then I was about to come. My inner muscles were holding down on the end of the plug. And it's stimulated me very much that I screamed as I was coming. That was the very first time I actually screamed because most of the time I try to muffle my reactions because I don't want people to hear what I'm doing. But that was the first time I actually screamed. So it sounds like it was a really primal, uncontrollable scream. That's hot. Okay, so you have a butt plug. What else do you have? I have two flashlights and an auto-masturbator. It's a automatic from a company called Swacom or something like that. Okay. It looks like a big thermos to me. Like if a thermos met a lantern, do you get hard first and then put it yep. in? Okay, so you get hard and then you like put it on it and then you turn it on or do you turn it on first? 
I turn it on first and I just insert it inside. Okay. And do you use lube or anything? And how do you clean it? I lube myself and I put lube on it. I put lube on it before I turn it on because it's going to be jumping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just cleaning it is actually an easy thing. Just have to just remove these casing and then I can clean the sleeve. And it's okay. Does it have different speeds or how? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about tightnesses? Can you make it tighter or loot like the fit inside? How is that? Not really. Okay. And then how long does it take when you do it? Like, do you edge yourself with it? Can you control it? Is it like a fast thing? Is it because like with my magic wand, that can like take me a few seconds if I really want to, you know, like (laughs) if I'm using my hand, it's going to be actually faster. Okay. But when I use the toys, it's basically for when I want to enjoy the moment and let it last longer. That's when I use the toys. Fun. It's basically like edging with the toys because when I'm about to come, I can always just pull up the toy away and like let it relax before I continue again. The version I'm using my hand is basically if I want to just go to like a fast thing, just want to release the urge and release the stress, that's when I use my hand. Okay. And with your hand, is it more like, do you have just like a regular grip where your fingers are on the bottom, thumbs on top, or is it reverse? Or do you, like, what's your favorite method? And do you play with your balls? Oh, it's basically like a tugging motion, like tugging the skin. Like toward the base? Yeah, holding the shaft and just tugging it. So you're tugging mostly your shaft, not so much the head? So I touch the head most of the sometimes. Just when I stop jerking, fetch myself, I just rub the cranium and this area, just to like keep me going. And then I keep on jerking again. Amazing. And are your balls sensitive? Do they enjoy pleasure touching? I don't really touch them, but I'm not really sure if they are sensitive yet. Okay. For me, that was all like getting touched in different ways changed a lot too when I added partners. It sounds like you've been doing a little bit of dating dabbling, like you have a blowjob date on the calendar. How are you meeting people there? I've been using Tinder for a long time now. I started um, around last year or so. Mostly I've only found this guy because the other people I've found that basically mostly not available or they not responded to my messages yet. It's just the waiting game I'm playing right now with them. So with this guy, it's just like the first one I met on Tinder. Cool. So at this point in your life, you're in a period of like dating and exploration and learning yourself and your body. Can you tell us like what kinks or sensations that you're really looking forward to exploring more? Well, since BDSM is basically like on the rave now, I would like to experience that sometimes, but not at the moment because I'm still experiencing myself. And trying to learn different things. But basically that's like in the near future. So like step into that world. Because that's basically a lifestyle. It certainly can be a lifestyle. It can be a hobby but it's mainly basically a lifestyle thing. Because it's like something that people do because they love it. Not because they just want to do it from time to time. Because they really love the situation. The dominance and the servitude and all that kind of thing. And I feel like I don't want to jump in to that situation because it's basically like jumping in to the NFL and <laughs> <laughs> at this right moment without any form of training or anything. So it's basically just like that. I just want to take it slow, enjoy myself, know what I like, know what I don't like before I move into a different world of new experiences. That seems very wise. I definitely was a person that just jumped in not having a ton of awareness of how the things that I was exploring related to BDSM. So could you tell us a little bit of what it is you want to explore with yourself 
before you get to exploring more of the kinky BDSM stuff? And then tell us kind of like, what is your definition of BDSM? For me, definition of BDSM would be basically releasing the control of yourself to your partner, either using your control on your partner or releasing yourself to your partner to do whatever you both plan to do together, basically with restriction. Okay. It sounds to me like you're interested in playing a submissive role. Does that feel accurate? Yep. Cool. I would like to try that once in a while, just to see how it feels. I play it in my head sometimes, and I get a little bit aroused. I try to hold myself back, but it's a thing that's going in my head most of the time. Okay. Are those situations in your head that are arousing to you more about physical sensations? Does it have to do with being tied up? Does it have to do with being used? And does it depend on if your dominant partner is male or female? Basically, it's both of them. Sometimes I think of a guy, sometimes I think of a woman. Okay. Do you ever think of a guy and a woman together? Oh, I've thought of that because there was a time on Pornhub, I think, I have an account there, Uh and a couple approached me at the time. I was a little bit younger in Germany, and they approached me, and the man wanted me to be the bull in their relationship. Oh. I was still new to the whole thing, so I felt a little bit nervous, and I was like, I'm too young, he don't want me, look for somebody more experienced. So I felt like, hmm, I should have taken that opportunity on and just to see how it would be to be a bull because back then I didn't know what a bull was. Now that I know what a bull was, I know that's definitely not me. Because bull is basically an alpha guy and I'm not really that much of the alpha character. Like dominant, trying to display strength and all that thing, that's definitely not me. I'm basically just the guy in the shadows. (laughs) That's basically my character. I don't usually jump in unless I am needed. Well, a bull could absolutely be needed because my understanding, like I think about bulls a lot in the context of my gangbang fantasy. So like (laughs) I always think about them in terms of like having a dominant partner who's like keeping track of my fantasy gangbang and then he or she is just like, now you go, now you go, now you go to all the bulls that are just like the working cock, I guess. And for me, it's basically that I don't want to be the guy in the middle doing that. Hey, you do that, you do that. Because I don't really know the working machine of the moving everything smoothly to make sure everybody is happy, everyone's having a good time. I don't know that yet. Basically, baby steps. I gained so much personal confidence from my experience as a submissive because all these things that I wanted to do, but I had no confidence, when I just got ordered to do them, I knew that I had a partner that would like, tell me if he wanted it a specific way or would correct me if I needed to do a new thing. And so that's why being submissive for me was such a great way to explore. And I can totally relate to wanting to have way more experience before like stepping into bigger stuff. What's your thoughts, feelings on like couples or group sex? Oh, I would like to jump into that because it's basically a learning stuff because in a group setting, you can just look around and see what's going on. And just jump in when you're needed and just jump out, help someone out when they need something, when someone needs a dick sucked or when someone needs their pussy sucked or lick. Just look around and just learn the situation because I have this ability to just look around and see what's going on and know when something is about to happen and just move in and just help someone out or just assist someone in the situation. So I think it would be a nice experience to have. 
that's an amazing ability to have. I feel like I'm very hit or miss with that. Like sometimes I'm like, yes, I've got the thing. And then sometimes I just really <laughs> interpret the situation totally wrong. Do you feel like you would be more into situations where it's like a planned threesome or foursome? Or do you also feel open to kind of like the larger party environment and sex parties or parties that turn sexual that are undefined? Like, how do you feel about those when it comes to group sex? That comes to the story of the couple I met here in Germany. She wasn't a good friend. She was basically the type of girl, like she wasn't fat, she wasn't skinny, she was just thick. And I liked those kind of girls. Mm. And then I was talking to her, I was like thinking, oh, I have a shot with her. And then she started talking about her boyfriend. And I'm like, oh no, it's a missed one. But she said, she kept talking to me, she said she just wanted to be friends. And I was like, oh, cool. It's okay. So at one time, she said she wanted me to meet her boyfriend. So I met him. I found out he was actually a cool guy. I'm like, oh, it's all good. We can be friends. And then we met sometimes. She came to my house. We drank. And then I visited them at their apartment. We had some drink. And then she says how her birthday is in like two weeks. I like to come. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll come. And I came over. And I brought a bottle of wine for them for her birthday. And we just sat down, we ate, we drank, we were talking, talking. And then in the middle of the party, instead of noticing, I was getting drunk and I looked at the time like, oh, it's way too late to go home now. So they say, why don't you just stay over? I'm like, okay. I was drunk. We were all drunk. I was just saying okay to anything. Yeah. I said I was going to go to the toilet. I went to the toilet. I came out and I was like, where are they? And they were in the bedroom. And then your girlfriend called me over, like, hey, Charlie, come over, come to the bed. So I came over, and then I just laid on the bed, and we were talking. And then I noticed she was just wearing her shirt and panties, and the boyfriend was wearing her shirt and his boxes shirt. And I was like, hmm, what's going on here? And then during our discussion, the girlfriend asked me, hey, Charlie, I would like to see your dick. And I thought this was like a joke. I'm like, are you sure? It's like, yeah. Okay. So I had to assure them that, hey, don't think all black guys are slinging mandingo dicks over here. Okay. So I showed it to her. She's like, hmm, it's nice. So I was like, oh, okay. I'm safe. <laughs> so I went back on the bed. We started talking again. And then the boyfriend looked at her like he wanted her to ask me a question. And she asked me, would you like to see my pussy? I'm like, okay, yeah. And then she showed it to me and asked me, would you like to touch it? I'm like, okay, yes, I would like to. And then I touched it and I started licking it. And then as I was licking her pussy, her boyfriend was behind her. So he took her hand and he was stroking his dick. And I didn't see the boyfriend's dick at the moment. I was just licking her band there and was just enjoying the experience. And then she was talking to the boyfriend and I was licking her. And then the boyfriend came and she didn't come yet. So I was like, how is this going to continue? So we left the bedroom and went to the living room. The girlfriend told me, go to the living room, I'm coming over. So the boyfriend went to clean himself up in the toilet in the bathroom. And I went to the living room and sat down on the sofa. And then she came to the living room completely naked. We were listening to music the entire time. And then she was just dancing slowly over to me. And then she came to me and just knelt down in front of my legs and asked me, would you like a blowjob? And I'm like, oh, okay, yes, I would like 
a blowjob. Yes. She started sucking me up. I mean, I was really erect. She's like, I'm going to go get a condom now. I'm like, okay, go. So she went over to get a condom. And at that time, I was like taking off my shirt, getting ready to do this, took off my pants, took off my socks. And then she came in, threw around some more. And then I put the condom on and I was about to insert. And then she started crying. Okay. Change of plans. Okay. She started crying and calling her boyfriend's name. And I was like, oh, no, I can't continue like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I just started consoling her, asking her, what's the problem? She's like, she wanted her boyfriend and her and me to have a threesome together. But the boyfriend just wanted her to have sex with me but she said she wanted to have a threesome mm. so i felt like your boyfriend doesn't want it she doesn't want it she can't force the situation yeah so i just told her that it's okay if we can't do this together we can't do this together. so that was basically like the last time i met that couple because after that they they broke up like some weeks later because of some different things not because of the situation yeah i haven't spoken to her since then she basically ghosted me but I still have contact with the boyfriend. We still talk from time to time. Is he into dudes at all? Or was it like a more straight type of threesome that she was having in mind? He's by curious or something like that. He's into some dudes, but basically he has to actually know them first. Yeah. I can't wait to be in a threesome or foursome where everyone is queer. Like that's another big fantasy that I'm looking forward to because the threesomes I've been in have been with dudes that are like, I couldn't possibly be with another man, you know, like, and I'm just like, but it's so hot. <laughs> yeah, just a fun thing to have. You don't have to be like, oh, now I'm gay. No, just enjoy the situation. It's happening. It's happening. If you don't like it, just after you're done, tell them, ah, I didn't like that. Can we not do that next time? So we know what's going on. Yeah. It's not like it's emasculating or taking away your man card now that you've done it to the longer man. No. No. It really feels like the opposite to me, too. It's like, I could do everything. Exactly. It's just fun. Best of both worlds, like they say sometimes. I really admire and appreciate your spirit of enjoyment and the ease that you have. You know, you've had these several scenarios of almost of getting so close. I don't know. Do you feel patient inside? I feel like I hear patience, sexual patience radiating out of you that I should learn from. Well, because I actually get myself off, I feel like the stress of the almost is always like released. So I feel like it will happen. Just have to cool down and wait for the moment. I need to channel my inner Charlie every single time I'm impatient. And I've been doing it lately by being like, ah, the universe is edging me. This is just edging. Okay, it's a buildup. This is edging. But when I hear you speak about it, I still feel how my impatience gets the better of me so often. I do get some situations where I feel this impatience. I'm like, why is this happening? I jump into Tinder and just start swiping right on anyone I see. <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to happen now. <laughs> But when that happens, I'm like, wait, I just cool down. I look for some porn and just jack off. I'm like, if you can't enjoy someone else, enjoy yourself. And the time will come. Just have to relax. Yes. Maybe the time will come on Saturday. Okay, so is this your first time giving a blowjob? Actually, no. There was a time I actually did, but it's more like a situation that just happened real fast. And I didn't actually put it to my memory. It just happened. And I was like, yeah, it happened. I think it was back in Nigeria. It was one of our neighbors. We were just messing around, wrestling with each other. And then suddenly one of us got hard as an erection. And I'm like, oh, what's that? 
So I looked over, I'm like, oh, dude, you're hot. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, should I tug it for you? I'm like, yeah. So I was jerking him off. I was like, oh, man, it's too dry. I said, okay, I'll help you out. So I just went down and I sucked him off. <laughs> and I didn't think two things about it. Because back then, as I said, I was just a free spirit guy. Just going with the flow. If someone needs help, I just help them out. Just don't think about it. Don't wait for a thank you. Just finish the job and move. <laughs> that was the way I was back then. At that moment, I just went down on him and I didn't think about it. But later, I just thought, hey, I sucked that guy's dick. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay. Nothing happened. <laughs> I didn't die from it. So it's all good. Yeah. And did you enjoy it? Sounds like yes, because you're on the precipice of doing it again. Yeah. At the moment, I didn't really think of the enjoyment of it. I just felt like, I'm just helping somebody out here. I was going to say, it's kind of like you said earlier, too. It's like, got a job to do. You, Where do you need me? I see the need. <laughs> I see a need, and I'm trying to please the person. <laughs> I didn't really think too much about it. But now I'm just thinking with my date tomorrow, I'm like, this is not going to be like a thing of, I want to please somebody. I want to please me, too, in the same situation. It's not going to be a one-sided thing like the first time. It's going to be a two-way street where we both enjoy the situation yes okay do you have any fantasies about specific enjoyment when it comes to blowjobs either on the giving or receiving side if you want to go into fantasy land but like for me i find myself always wanting to take a little bit more time and i feel a battle inside of myself of like oh am i looking too much am i being too slow and so for me i'm working on that like sense of permission what are your fantasies around like hotness when it comes to blowjobs basically go as slow as you can looking at your partner to see their reaction. If they nod their head and you know you're doing the right thing and keep doing that. <laughs> if they try to push you away and tell you something, you just wait and see what they say. If they say, don't do that. If they say, that's too much. You just keep listening to what they're saying and you can stop for a moment and just jerk him and ask, what do you want? Yeah. Do you want me to use more tongue? Or do you want teeth? Or do you want balls? You want me to stick my finger up your ass? Just ask them and they might actually give you good information that will help you in the future. Are you open to rim jobs? Is that something you're interested in? Yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll see where tomorrow goes. What about, do you have any specific fantasies about things you'd like to receive or just anything we haven't talked about yet that you like want to call into your future sex life? Almost like your fantasy of like a gangbang, but basically a group sex scenario where it's not just me and a bunch of girls, like basically a combination of guys and girls and everyone is comfortable with situation and with their sexuality where I can fuck a guy while he's fucking a girl and a guy is fucking me while I'm fucking a girl. Just the plane where everybody is happy, enjoying the situation, nobody's yucking anybody's yum and just enjoy yourself enjoy each other that's basically just a fantasy of mine that i would like to see come true one day. oh my gosh as you were talking i had a fantasy pop into my head that i don't know if this is physically possible if anyone out there has seen this in porn or a video like let me know but i'm like i want to be part of a daisy chain so i would need to get a strap on but then i'm like could i be part of a daisy chain but could it also be a DP or a triple P? I guess I'd have to like lay sideways and then I wouldn't be able to like do very much thrusting. But like, could the momentum of the whole thing, like, could that just be like an extreme orgy situation? I don't know. <laughs> you have to actually try that out first and see how it goes. What 
hopes do you have for your sex life going forward? Like, what else would you like to explore if there's a specific thing we haven't talked about yet? Or do you just have a general, like, feeling or desire for exploration as you go forward? I just feel like I want to explore things. If I start focusing on one thing and forget the other parts, then I'm not experiencing the whole experience. I'm just focusing on the part of the experience. So I'm just saying I'm just going to go from experience to experience, situation to situations and see how they go. And definitely someday I'll go to different experiences that I've never seen before, I've never felt before. Beautiful. Is there anything else about your sex life that we either need to know or just thoughts on sex in general that you want to share? We have to come to a standpoint where we actually have to talk to our kids about sex and all that. because. Most parents, they don't want their kids to get pregnant at a young age. They don't want their kids to get venereal disease or any kind of disease, sexual diseases from a young age. But the fact is you have to actually talk to them and let them know the dangers first and let them know how to be safe. Because safety is a big situation now. It's where a lot of guys think it's okay to do something. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. For some people, yes, yeah, it's okay to do something. But for others, it's not okay. So we have to learn to teach our boys to actually learn to talk to their female partners or their male partners and tell them what they like, what they don't like, and how they feel. Because if we can't talk to each other, how are we going to talk to yourself? How are you going to experience yourself and enjoy yourself? If you can enjoy yourself and talk to yourself and you be able to talk to other people and let them know how you feel and how you want and to feel. I want to say two things. First, anyone listening, if you are a parent and you're trying to figure out how to talk to your kids about sex, the best book I've read so far is called Beyond Birds and Bees by Bonnie J. Ruff. She really takes you through her entire process. So even if you don't agree with everything she says, it's like a really clear walkthrough. So I recommend Beyond Birds and Bees to everyone. Charlie, as I listen to you talk, I reflect upon the fact that you are a man who is very in touch with his own ability to talk to himself, to think through what is right for him. How did you develop that? Is that a natural gift? It's basically just talking to myself because I do that a lot. I come into situations where I just sit there and just think and talk to myself and think if the situation was a different situation, how will I behave? How will I act? How will I do this in the future? Will I do the same thing or will I? act on how it's supposed to be done mm. so i basically just tell myself like life is not a situation of this is right and this is wrong it's a situational thing sometimes some things are right in a situation you think it'd be wrong in that same situation so you just have to live your life in a way of see what's happening not how it's supposed to be just see what's happening follow the line follow the flow of the situation and try to see if you can help. If you can't help, look for someone who can help in that situation. If you can help, then move in, help out. Don't wait for appreciation or a thank you or anything. Just go in, do what you have to do, and bounce out. I fucking love that because that could be applied just to sexual situations, but what you're talking about is also so aligned with my personal mission to do whatever I can to make the world a more loving place where we take care of each other. We're just taking care of each other is the norm. That's what I want so bad for all of us. 
If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick? And what would you say? I would actually go back to my 15-year-old or 16-year-old Charlie, and I would tell him to, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep thinking. Keep talking to yourself. Because one day, you actually find the answers you're looking for. Beautiful. Do you have a sex question for me? I was thinking, what would you have done if your very first sex experience, because I remember the story, what would you have done if it had actually happened? Would you still be the same person you are today? No! (laughs) (laughs) I love going back in time questions because there's a part of me that's like, this other multiverse strand, I'm a completely different thing. I just really think that if I had had successful sex that first time. I'm pretty sure the first time I attempted it, it was either on a futon or it was in the back of my Prius parked out in the family orchard. I think it was the orchard because I remember the story. I think, okay, I think it was the orchard. And I, and yes, because it was Easter and it was just the tip. And I was like, did I have sex? Does it count? Does it count? And then that's when I was like, oh, I'm the one who gets to decide what counts. And so I was like, that doesn't count because I'm not satisfied. So I think that not just once, not just twice, But three times, well, four times from three different people, I had this experience of rejection. I mean, no, I wouldn't be the same person because maybe I would have figured out sexual trust in myself or maybe I would have created a story in my head that says, yes, sex is easy and it flows when I want it. But my little brain instead was like, oh, fuck, it's this elusive, difficult thing and there must be something wrong with me. And it's only in the last few years that I've developed this Charlie-like ability to gently reflect I have a history of impatience and of like really trying to figure stuff out like in my mind, not so much now I'm learning how to use my heart and my body and I'm practicing slowing down. It's very, very something I'm really getting lots of opportunities to practice. And so I just think if I had had sex that first time, sex stories wouldn't exist. The work that I'm doing now would not exist. I do not believe that I would be so publicly comfortable talking about sex if it had come easily to me because it was only in the difficulty of not getting what I wanted that I started to be like wait roommate in college what do you do about sex how are you having it and she wouldn't talk to me about it instead she gave me a book to read you know and so I am this like curious creature that has just been not thwarted but given opportunities to really dig deep and so I think that that really is the strange, strange gift. I mean, similarly, to like extend this question out, what if I were really good at orgasming on command or like with partners? Like that's something that still is hard for me. And even now I realized, because I thought I'd solved it. I was like, oh, I figured out how to come with partners now. But I think it actually is related to the whole anxiety, the beginnings, the not knowing what's going to happen. And for me, sometimes that creates an extra hot experience. And sometimes that creates an anxious experience where it doesn't happen. But I think all of that experience has allowed me to learn a different sort of trust and to develop my curiosity and this extreme amount of like desire and bucket list for more. So I bet that in the world where I just got to have sex right away every time I tried, I bet I'm not kinky and I bet I'm not as curious and I bet I'm not as adventurous and I bet I don't have sexy friends all over the world that I wish I could beam here, you know, to have a party. So (laughs) I guess I'm very grateful. Charlie, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you for having me.